Section 17 of Smithsonian Institution, United States National Museum, Bulletin 240, Contributions from the Museum of History and Technology, Papers 34-44 through 44 on Science and Technology, by the Museum of History and Technology. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Paper 40, History of Phosphorus, by Edward Farber, Part 2 phosphates as plant nutrients one hundred years after the discovery of cold light the presence of phosphorus in plants and animals was ascertained and its form was established as a compound of phosphoric acid this knowledge had little practical effect until the nature of the acid in its various forms was explained through the work of thomas graham from it there started a considerable technical development at about that time, 1833, the Duke of Richmond proved that the fertilizing value of bones resided not in the gelatin, nor in the calcium, but in the phosphoric acid. Thus he confirmed what Theodore de Saussure had said in 1804, that we have no reason to believe that plants can exist without phosphorus. Unknowingly at first, the farmer had supplied this element by means of the organic fertilizers he used, manure, excrements, bones and horns now with the value of phosphorus known a search began for mineral phosphates to be applied as fertilizers jean-baptiste bosengold eighteen o two to eighteen eighty seven an agricultural chemist in alliance traveled to peru to see the guano deposits garcalazo de la vega circa fifteen forty to circa sixteen sixteen noted in his history of peru sixteen o four that guano was used by the Incas as a fertilizer. Two hundred years later, Alexander von Humboldt revived this knowledge, and Humphrey Davy wrote about the benefits of guano to the soil. Yet the application of this fertilizer developed only slowly, until Justice Liebig sang its praise. Imports into England rose and far exceeded those into France, where, between 1857 and 1867, about fifty thousand tons were annually received the other great advance in the use of phosphatic plant nutrients started with liebig's recommendation of eighteen forty to treat bones with sulphuric acid for solubilization this idea was not entirely new since eighteen thirty two a production of a superphosphate from bones and sulphuric acid had been in progress at prague at rothamstead in eighteen forty two john bennett laws obtained a patent on the manufacture of superphosphate other manufacturers in england followed and were successful although james muspratt seventeen ninety three to eighteen eighty six at newton lost much time and some thousands of pounds on liebig's idea of a mineral manure it was difficult enough to establish the efficacy of bones and artificially produced phosphates in promoting the growth of plants under special conditions of soils and climate Therefore, the question as to the action of phosphates in the growing plant was not even seriously formulated at that time. The beneficial effects were obvious enough to increase the use of phosphates as plant nutrients and to call for new sources of supply. Active developments of phosphate mining and treating started in South Carolina in 1867 and in Florida in 1888. In a reciprocal action, more phosphate application to soils stimulated increasing research on the conditions and reactions obtaining in the complex and varying compositions cold soil 
The findings of bacteriologists made it clear that physics and chemistry had to be amplified by biology for a real understanding of fertilizer effects. After 1900, for example, Julius Stocklisse, 1857-1936, pointed out that bacterial action in soil solubilizes water-insoluble phosphates and makes them available to the plants. The insight into the importance of phosphorus in organisms, especially since Liebig's time, is reflected in the work of Friedrich Nietzsche, 1844-1900. This revaluator of all values, who modestly said of himself, I am dynamite, once explained the human temperaments as caused by the inorganic salts they contain. The differences in temperament are perhaps caused more by the different distribution and quantities of the inorganic salts than by everything else. Bilious people have too little sodium sulfate. The melancholics are lacking in potassium sulfate and phosphate, too little calcium phosphate in the phlegmatics. Courageous natures have an excess of iron phosphate. See Volume 12 of Nietzsche's Works. Edited by Neumann Kroner Leipzig, 1886. In this strange association of inorganic salts with human temperaments, the role of iron phosphate as a producer of courage is particularly interesting. What would a modern philosopher conclude if he followed the development of insight into the composition and function of complex phosphate compounds in organisms? From inorganic to organic phosphates. By the middle of the 19th century, the source of phosphorus in natural phosphates and the chemistry of its oxidation products has been established. The main difficulty that had to be overcome was that these oxidation products existed in so many forms, not only several stages of oxidation, but in addition, aggregations and condensations of the phosphoric acids. Once the fundamental chemistry of these acids was elucidated, the attention of chemists and physiologists turned the task of finding the actual state in which phosphorus compounds were present in the organisms. It had been a great advance when it had been shown that plants need phosphates in their soil. This led to the next question concerning the materials in the body of the plant for which phosphates were being used and into which they were incorporated. Similarly, the knowledge that animals attain their phosphates from the digested plant food called in the next step of scientific inquiry for information on the nature of phosphates produced from the source. The method used in this inquiry was to subject anatomically separated parts of the organisms to chemical separations. This means for such separations had to be more gentle than the strong heat and destructive chemicals that had been considered adequate up to then. The interpretation of the new results naturally relied on the general advance of chemistry. The development of new methods for isolating substances of little stability of new concepts concerning the arrangements of atoms and the molecules, and of new apparatus to measure their rates of change. Figure 1 is a vertical section of the furnace, and Figure 2 is a diagram to illustrate the means for regulating the electromotive force or quantity of current across the furnace. F is the furnace containing the charge to be treated. It has an inlet hopper with slides, by which the charge can be admitted without opening communication between the interior of the furnace and the outer air. B is a screw conveyor, by which the charge is pushed forward into the furnace. C'C' C are the electrodes, 
consisting of blocks or cylinders or the like of carbon fixed in metal socket pieces to which the electric circuit wires from the dynamo are affixed the current as aforesaid may be either continuous or alternating c2 c2 are rods of metal or carbon which are used to establish the electric circuit through the furnace the said rods being inserted into holes and conductors in contact with the socket pieces and in the furnace as shown g is the outlet for the gas or vapor h the slag tap hole and x the opening for manipulating the charge the said openings being closed by clay or otherwise when the furnace is at work i use coke or other form of carbon in the charge between the electrodes the said coke being in contact with the said electrodes so that complete incandescence is ensured a means for varying the electromotive force or quantity of current across the furnace with varying resistance of the charge is illustrated by the diagram in figure two c prime c two indicates the electrodes in the furnace as in figure one and d is the dynamo t its terminals e represents the exciting circuit r are resistances and rs is the resistance switch which is operated to put in more or less resistance at r as the resistance of the charge in the furnace lessens or increases this switch may be automatically operated and a suitable arrangement for the purpose is a current regulator such as is described in the specifications of english letters patent number fourteen thousand five hundred and four of september fourteenth eighteen eighty nine granted to william henry douglas and thomas u parker in the system of chemistry as it developed in the first half of the nineteenth century the new development can be characterized as the turn from inorganic to organic phosphates from the substance of minerals and strong chemical interactions to the components in which phosphate groups remain combined with carbon-containing substances phosphatides and phosphagens the important phosphorus compounds in organisms are much more complex than the simple salts to which nietzsche attributed such influence on man's character long before he wrote it was known that phosphoric acid combines not only with inorganic bases to form salts but with alcohols to form esters in the middle of the nineteenth century theophile just pillows eighteen o seven to eighteen sixty seven extended this knowledge to an ester of glycerol this proved to be significant in several respects glycerol had been shown by michael chevreau seventeen eighty six to eighteen eighty nine as the substance in fats that is released in the process of soap boiling when the fatty acids are converted into their salts that it has the nature of an alcohol had been demonstrated by marcelin berthelot instead of one alcoholic hydroxyl group oh like ethanol the alcohol of fermentation or two hydroxyl groups like ethylene glycol glycerol contains three such groups it was the only natural alcohol known at that time that this alcohol would combine with phosphoric acid could be predicted but that the ester as obtained by pellows still contained free acidic functions and formed a water-soluble barium salt was a new experience shortly after this experience had been gained it became valuable for understanding the chemical nature of a new substance extracted from a natural organ this substance was named lecithin by its discoverer nicholas theodore gobley eighteen eleven to eighteen seventy six because he obtained it 
from egg yolk, in Greek, lekidos. He used ether and alcohol for this extraction. Had he used water and mineral acid instead, he would not have found lecithin, but only its components. As Gobley and slightly later Oscar Liebreich, 1839-1908, subjected lecithin to treatment with boiling water and acid, they separated it into three parts. One of them was the glycerophosphoric acid of Pelos. The second was the well-known stearic acid of Chervril. But the third was somewhat mysterious. This third substance was the same as one previously noticed when nerves had been subjected to an extraction by boiling water and acid, and therefore called nerve substance, or nurine. Adolf Friedrich Strecker, 1822-1871, established the identity of this nurine with a product he had extracted from bile, and which went under the name of choline. Adolf Wurtz, 1817-1884, succeeded in synthesizing this substance from ethylene oxide, CH2.O.CH2, and trimethylamine, NCH33. Thus, all three parts were identified, and Strecker put them together to construct a chemical formula for lecithin, glycerophosphoric acid combined with a fatty acid and with choline a hydrate of norine. This formula was not quite correct. Richard Vilstatter showed that an internal neutralization takes place between the amino group and the free acidic residue. This is expressed in his lecithin formula of 1918. When the aim was to distill elementary phosphorus out of an organic material, it did not matter whether this was fresh or putrefied. For obtaining lecithin out of egg yolk or similar materials, it was essential to use it in fresh condition. Otherwise, enzymes would have decomposed it. Through more recent work, four enzymes have been separated, which act specifically in decomposing lecithin. Enzyme A removes one fatty acid and leaves a complex residue called lysolecithin intact. Enzyme B attacks this residue and splits off the remaining fatty acid group from it. Enzyme C liberates only the choline from lecithin, and enzyme D opens lecithin at the ester bond between glycerol and phosphoric acid. This is shown in the following diagram. Enzyme A, the substrate, lecithin, products, lysolecithin, and fatty acids. Enzyme B, substrate, lysolecithin, products, glycerophosphocholine, and fatty acids. Enzyme C, substrate lecithin, products phosphatidic acid and choline, enzyme D, substrate lecithin, products phosphorylcholine and diglyceride. Several fatty acids can be present in lecithin from various sources, palmitic and oleacic, besides the stearic acid, which at first had been thought the only one involved. In another group of extracts from brain or nerve tissue, aminoethanol, H2, NCH2, CH2, OH, is found instead of the choline of lecithin. The variations include the alcohol, to which the fatty acids and choline phosphate are attached. For example, glycerol can be replaced by the so-called meat sugar, inositol, which has six hydroxyl groups in its hexagon-shaped molecule, C6, H6, OH6. 
The generally similar behavior of these phosphate and fat-containing substances was emphasized by Ludwig Thutigem, 1829-1901. He coined the name phosphatides for this group of substances from seeds and nerves. His work on the phosphates in brain substance aroused particular interest. When William Crookes drew his highly imaginative picture of an evolution of the chemical elements, he put it into phosphorus for the brain, salt for the sea, clay for the solid earth. But phosphatides occur in many places of organisms, in bacteria, in leaves and roots of plants, in fat and tissue of animals, and where phosphatides are found, there are also enzymes that specifically act on them. They are called phosphatases, to imply that they split the phosphatides. In addition, enzymes are present which transfer phosphate groups from one compound to another. They are more abundant in seeds of high fat content than in a more starch-containing seeds. But even potatoes and orange juice have phosphatases. Thus, from phosphatides, phosphoric acid is generated, and they could also be called phosphagens. Since 1926, however, the name phosphagens has been reserved for a group of organic substances that release their phosphoric acid very readily. The link between phosphorus and carbon is provided by oxygen in the phosphatides, by nitrogen in the phosphagens. Invertebrates, the basis for the phosphoric acid is creatine, whereas invertebrates have arginine instead. Nucleon and nucleic acids. All parts of an organism are essential for life. Only with this in mind does it make sense to say that the most important part of the cell is its nucleus. From the nuclei of cells in pus and in salmon sperm, Johann Friedrich Miescher, 1811-1887, obtained a peculiar kind of substance, which he named nucleon, 1868. Its phosphate content was easily discovered, but to find the exact proportions and the nature of the other components required special methods of separation from phosphatides and other proteins. It was difficult to develop such methods at a time when little was known about the properties, and particularly the stability of a nucleon. For preparing nucleon from yeast cells, Felix Hopp Saylor, 1825-1895, described the following details. Yeast is dispersed in water to extract soluble materials, like salts or sugars. After a few hours, the insoluble material is separated, washed once more with water, and then extracted with a very dilute solution of sodium hydroxide. The slightly alkaline solution, freed from insoluble residues, is slowly added to a weak hydrochloric acid. A precipitate forms, which is separated by filtration, washed with dilute acid, then with cold alcohol, and finally extracted by boiling alcohol. The dried residue is the nucleon. It contains 6% phosphorus. A little more washing with water, a slightly longer treatment with acid or alcohol, gives products of lower phosphorus content. Many experimental variations were necessary to establish the procedure that leads to purification without alteration of the natural substance. This was also true for the methods of chemical degradation, carried out in order to find the components of nucleons in their highest state of natural complexity. 
It was learned, for example, that the special kind of carbohydrate present in nucleins was very susceptible to change under the conditions of hydrolysis by acids. Phoebus Aaron Theodore Levine, 1869-1940, therefore used the digestion by a living organism. With E.S. London, he introduced the solution of nucleic acid into, for example, the gastrointestinal segment of a dog through a gastric fistula and withdrew the product of digestion through an intestinal fistula. Fortunately, the products obtained in such degradations were not new in themselves. The carbohydrate in this nucleic acid proved to be identical with D-ribose, which Emil Fischer had artificially made from Arabinos and named ribose to indicate this relationship, 1891. The nitrogenous products of the degradation were identical with substances previously prepared in the long study of uric acid. In the course of this study, Emil Fischer established uric acid and a number of its derivatives as having the elementary skeleton of what he called pure uric acid, abbreviated to purine. Out of Adolf Bayer's work on barbituric acid came the knowledge of pyrimidine and its derivatives. From these findings, together with what Osmold Schmiedeberg, 1838-1921, had established concerning the presence of four phosphate groups in the molecule, 1899, Robert Fulgen, 1884-1955, constructed the following scheme of a nucleic acid. Fulgen's formula of 1918 is phosphoric acid, carbohydrate, guanine, phosphoric acid, carbohydrate, cytosine, phosphoric acid, carbohydrate, thymine, phosphoric acid, carbohydrate, adenine. Of the four basic components on the right, Thymine occurs in the nucleic acid from the thymus gland. Yeast contains uracil instead. The difference between these two bases is one methyl group. Thymine is a 5-methyl uracil. In all of these basic substances, the structure of urea is involved, and they form pairs of oxidized and reduced states. The exact position of phosphoric acid was established after long work and verified by synthesis. A compound of adenine, ribose, and phosphoric acid was found in yeast, blood, and in skeletal muscle of mammals. From 100 grams of such muscle, 0.35 to 0.40 grams of this compound were isolated. If the muscle is at rest, the compound contains three molecules of phosphoric acid linked through oxygen atoms. It was named adenosine triphosphate, or adenyl triphosphoric acid, usually abbreviated by the symbol ATP. It releases one phosphoric acid group very easily and goes over in the diphosphate, ADP, but it can also lose two P groups as pyrophosphoric acid and leave the monophosphate, AMP. This change of ATP was considered to be the main source of energy by muscle contraction by Otto Meerhoff. The corresponding derivatives of guanine, cytosine, and uracil were also found, and they are active in the temporary transfer of phosphoric acid groups in biological processes. Thus, the study of organic phosphates progressed from the comparatively simple esters connected with fatty substances of organisms to the proteins and the nuclear substances of the cell. The proportional amount of phosphorus in the former was larger than in the latter. The actual importance and function in the life of organisms, however, is not measured by the quantity 
but determined by the special nature of the compounds. The study of this function is the newest phase in the history of phosphorus, and represents the culmination of the previous efforts. This newest phase developed out of an accidental discovery concerning one of the oldest organic chemical industries, the production of alcohol by the fermentative action of yeast on sugar. A transition of carbohydrates through phosphate compounds to the end products of the fermentation process was found, and it gradually proved to be a kind of model for a host of biological processes. Specific phosphates were thus found to be indispensable for life. In reverse, the wrong kind of phosphates can destroy life. As a result, an important part of the new phase in phosphorus history consisted in the study and use of antibiotic phosphorus compounds. End of section 17.